Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. A couple weeks ago, we began a new series, and uh, we're right in the middle of it now, called The Downfall. And we've been talking about the downfall of great men in the Bible. And, you know, that's the thing I love about the Bible is that, that it just shows people in their, like, real raw state. It doesn't sugarcoat anything. We see the ups of great people, and we see the downs of great people. So we started out by looking at Samson, and we looked at Solomon. And this week, we're going to be talking about the downfall of King Hezekiah. Uh, it's not, not somebody that we, uh, you know, you hear preached about a whole lot, but Hezekiah was, uh, was a great man. He was a great king in the Bible. In fact, God said that there, there wasn't any other kings like him. He was, he was so great. There's a huge portion of the Bible dedicated to the life of uh, King Hezekiah. So um, we're going to jump right in here. Uh, Hezekiah was the son of King Ahaz, okay? King Ahaz was a horrible, horrible person. They were the, he was the king of Judah. Judah was a section of the Israelite nation. So he was a king, and he was a horrible person. In fact, he, he would worship idols. Not only would he worship idols, he sacrificed one of his kids to the idol. Like, I don't know how bad you got to be, but that's pretty bad if you're going to take one of your kids and you're going to sacrifice them to an idol. So anyhow, fortunately, the one that he sacrificed wasn't Hezekiah. So when Ahaz died, Hezekiah became the new king of Judah. So we're going to take a look at uh, this in 2 Kings, starting in uh, chapter 18, verse 1. It says, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hosea's reign in Israel. So Israel was broken up into these two territories, and so Hezekiah became, uh, is the king of Judah, which is a segment of that. Verse 2 says he was 25 years old when he became king. Anyone in here 25 years old? Oh, we got a bunch. Awesome. You guys are now king, okay? Like, imagine that. I mean, some of you might feel like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm ready to be king. But when I was 25 I don't think I would have done a very good job of being king. I don't know about you. You would probably do better. But, um, but that's how old King Hezekiah was. When he became king of all this land, he was 25 years old. And it says, he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. So he reigned uh, for, for longer. Uh, he was king for longer than he wasn't king. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. Verse 3 says, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars, and he cut down the Asherah poles. Now, if you read this account in 2 Chronicles, another book in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the first part of the Bible, the part before Jesus came, okay? So if you read the other account of this, it says he did it in the first month of his reign. So as soon as he became king, 25 years old, he goes out there and starts destroying 
these idols. He starts destroying these high places, these Asherah poles. He starts destroying all of this stuff right away. It says he even broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because people of Israel had begun offering sacrifices to it. The bronze serpent was called Nehushtan. Now, as a little side note, if you don't know what I was talking about there, way back when, hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, people were were dying of these, these snake bites. They were poisonous snake bites, and God told Moses, you know, make a pole and put a snake on it. Whenever people look at that, they'll be healed, and it worked. Well, here we are hundreds of years later, And they took that thing and turned it into an idol. They were sacrificing things to it. They were worshiping it. So Hezekiah says, I don't care how religious you are. I don't care if Moses himself made it. But we're tearing down all of this stuff. We're cleaning house. We're going to get rid of this stuff. And Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among the kings of Judah, either before him or after his time. We see in Scripture that time after time after time, a king would would come in to rule, and they had good intentions. Some of them did, not all of them. Some of them had good intentions, but, but Scripture would say they would come and they would try to serve God, but they wouldn't tear down the shrines. They wouldn't tear down the stuff. Why? Why do you think they wouldn't tear it down? Because it makes waves, right? I mean, now you, you, you want to be popular? That's not the way you become popular, tearing down all these idols that people were worshiping. And, and so time after time after time, the kings wouldn't tear these things down. And, and, and the question that I have for you in your life is, how about your life? How about your life? Are there things, are there shrines in your life that it's time to tear them down? It's time to go in and clean a house. It's time to remove these things. It's time to come in and, and, and take these things that we've been worshiping for far too long. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe, maybe it's money. Maybe it's, I don't know. It can be any number of things. And maybe it's time to do what Hezekiah did and start to tear those things down. If you're taking notes, write this down. That before God's blessing comes obedience. Before we can receive the blessings of God, we need to obey God. It's no wonder the kings were not being blessed by God. None of them were obeying him. Are we obeying God in our lives? We all want to be blessed. We're like, yeah, I want the blessings of God. I want God to bless me in my life. But we're not obeying him with even the simple things. In verse 6, it says, He remained faithful to the Lord in everything, and he carefully obeyed all the commands the Lord had given Moses. Verse 7 says, So the Lord was with him, and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. He revolted against the king of Assyria and refused to pay him tribute. So here's Hezekiah. They're being oppressed at the time by the king of Assyria, and, and, and this king, Sennacherib, he, he would come in and he would demand payment for basically protection. Not even protection, it was more like you pay us and then we won't attack you. So, so Hezekiah says, we're not going to pay you anymore. We're going to serve God, we're going to tear down these idols, these shrines, 
and I'm not going to pay you your tribute anymore. Well, Hezekiah, I'm sorry, uh, King Sennacherib, the, the, the Assyrian king, began to apply pressure on Hezekiah. And, and Hezekiah gave in. And, uh, and he's like, we're going to attack you if you don't do this. And so as it turned out, um, Hezekiah's like, okay, I'm going to pay this. So, so what he does is he goes in. And, and he starts gathering up all the gold that he needs. He actually raids the temple. The temple that Solomon built, he raids it. In fact, they had these doors that were covered in gold. They peeled all the gold off of the doors to pay this king. And he must have felt really bad about doing this because, because you know, he, he didn't want to do that. And right after he does it, the king of Assyria still starts coming in, threatening him, saying, we're going to attack you and all this stuff. And so Hezekiah's like, no more. We're not paying you tribute anymore. We're done. So the Assyrian king writes King Hezekiah a letter. And this letter says, who do you think you are? You, who, who do you think you, you Don't tell me your God is going to protect you. None of the other gods of the other cities we've captured have done them any good. So, so don't even think that God's going to protect you. We're going to come in, and we're going to destroy you. So, so Hezekiah takes this letter, and you know what he does? He goes to the temple, and he opens up the letter, and he sets it down before God and says, God, do you hear what that king is saying about you? Do you hear what's going on here? And he's threatening to destroy us, to wipe us off the face of this earth. And God's basically like, you know what? I'm going to handle this for you. I'm going to handle this for you. And, and, and they, they wake up the next day, and they look out, and overnight, I don't know how it happened. Scripture says it was an angel of the Lord came and killed 185,000 of their soldiers. They were totally wiped out. The king from, of Assyria turned around and ran and he gets home, and he's worshiping his false god and his temple, and his sons come, and they kill him there. Man, God can stand up for himself. You know, sometimes I hear people say, well, well, you know, I don't like some of these people because, you know, you talk about God, and we give God a bad reputation, or we got to defend God. You know, God can defend himself. He's big enough for that, you know. Well, anyhow, the thing I like about about what Hezekiah did, though, is when he had a problem, what did he do? What did he do? He took that before God. He said, God, here's a problem. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to set it before you. I'm going to put this in front of you. Well, as time progresses, Hezekiah becomes deathly ill. He's 39 years old, a year older than me. He's 39 years old, and he's deathly ill. We don't know what he's sick with, but he's sick, so sick, in fact, that, that the, um, the, the prophet comes to him. And actually, listen to what the prophet says to him in 2 Kings 20, verse 1. He says, about that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, went to visit him, and he gave the king this message. Now, when, when a prophet's like, hey, I got a message for you, you're like, yeah, this is great. Give me this message. I want to hear this message. <laughs> Listen to what he says. He says, this is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Anyone like to hear that message? Raise your hand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, I just want to, I want to hear from God. Maybe you don't want to hear from God, you know, if that's the message. 
says you're going to die. You're going to die. And if you don't understand that, you won't recover from this illness, okay? There's no question here. Have you ever gotten bad news in your life? Have you ever gotten some bad news that, 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 that's come at you before? Have you ever heard something that, that this is not the best news that you could have received? Maybe even recently you've gotten some bad news. I don't know. You, maybe you've, you've gotten, you know, maybe somebody's trying to take you to court or maybe somebody, you know, maybe you're having some problems in your marriage or, or maybe you found out that your grades aren't as good as you thought they would be and you've gotten some bad news. What do we do with that bad news? Listen to what Hezekiah did. He did the best thing possible. In verse 2, he says, When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. Now listen to what he said. Isaiah said, set your affairs in order. Clean up everything. Get your life in order. You're going to die. And what did Hezekiah do? He turned his back on those things, and he began to pray. See, again, he brought his difficulties to the Lord. He brought his difficulties to God. If you're taking notes, write this down, that, that we need to turn your back on our problems and turn your face to the Lord. We need to turn our back on our problems. Maybe you've gotten laid off. Maybe you're having struggles with finances. Maybe you're having problems with your kids. Maybe you're having problems with your parents. And, 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 and in those things, sometimes what we need to do is turn our backs on our problems and turn our face to God. We need to stop looking at our problems so closely and put our focus where it belongs, on God. Hezekiah is reliant on God. He's like, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to pray because I know even though you gave me this prophecy, you're the one alone that can change it. You're the one alone that can change it. And, and this is the thing that I find so amazing is that Hezekiah's prayer, it changed the heart of God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, God said, Isaiah, go tell Hezekiah this. Go tell him he's going to die. You're not going to get better. And then Hezekiah turns his back on his problem, and he prays to God, and God changes his mind. Man, isn't that exciting? I mean, that there's some things that might be going on in your life, some things that, that maybe God's allowing you to go on, but if you turn your back on those problems and you begin to face God, that God might actually do something there. He might actually change his mind. He might actually change your situation for you. He might actually fight that battle for you instead of you having to fight it all by yourself. Isaiah is leaving. God says, Isaiah, go back there. Give him another message. He goes back. Isaiah says, God has heard your prayer and he's going to give you another 15 years to live. Another 15 years. I can imagine that's pretty good news. You know, when the doctor says, sorry, you've only got a month to live. And you're like, what? A month to live? And now, now everything is like falling apart in your life. And then he says, no, no, you know what? It's a mistake. You got 15 years. You're like, well, I'd still rather a little bit more, but it's better than a month. You know, it's better than nothing. So here's Hezekiah, got an extra 15 years to live. So, the king of Babylon, another enemy of Israel, 
another enemy of God, another enemy of Judah. The king of Babylon sends Hezekiah a get well gift. Like, hey, I heard you were sick. I hope you're doing better. Here's a little gift. I don't know what the gift was. Something. Maybe like a cake or something. I don't know. Uh, Balloons. I don't know if they had balloons back then, but um, something. Um, He sends him this gift. And uh, and so Hezekiah, listen to what it says here. 2 Kings 20, verse 13. It says, Hezekiah received the Babylonian envoys and showed them everything in his treasure houses. He showed them the silver, the gold, the spices, the aromatic oils. He also took them to see his armory and showed them everything in his royal treasuries. There was nothing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. See, Hezekiah was blessed by God. He had built storehouses to store his gold and his silver and his jewels. He had built storehouses to store their food. He built stables to store their their livestock and their horses. And and here's the, the thing. He went and he was showing them all this stuff. And God had blessed him. But what was he doing? He was starting to take credit for it. I don't know if you've ever taken credit for something that God's done in your life. Like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're just so beautiful. Oh, thank you. You know, you didn't have a whole lot to do with that. Now, some of you maybe helped to improve it a little bit, okay? But we're taking credit for something that God blessed us with. And, and here, Hezekiah is taking credit for something that God has blessed him with. I mean, it's like this. Imagine... If there's a series of break-ins in your neighborhood, and then you hear a knock at the door, and there's a shady-looking character there saying, hey, I, I just got a little gift for you. I got a little card. I heard you were sick. And you're like, oh, come on in. Come on, let me show you around a little bit. Let me show you what's in my safe. Let me show you my gold and my silver. Let me open up my gun case, show you the guns that I have. Some of you, you probably have more of that than gold and silver. Um, let me show you, you know, where, where my kids sleep at night. Let me show you everything valuable, where all the jewelry is in our house. Oh, we're so glad to show you around. How many of you would do that? That's crazy. No, we're not going to bring the enemy in and show them everything that we have, but that's exactly what Hezekiah did. Why did he do it? Why do you think he did it? Wanted to show off, right? Nobody here has ever wanted to show off, have you? No, of course not. No, no. no. I mean, you guys are all a bunch of liars. <laughs> Man, we love to show off. We, lo- you know, especially like when we were a kid, and it seems all cute. Like, like, hey, watch this, watch this, watch this, and oh, we're we're riding down the road on our bike with like no hands, one foot on the seat, and we're like, yeah, look at me, look at me, you know? Man right before we crash into the tree or something. But we love to show off. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Look at the, 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 the certificate. Look at my, my grades. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Now, honestly, let me just be real with you for a second. As a pastor, this is a very difficult topic to talk about. You know why? Because as I'm talking about it, A lot of people are thinking in your mind, 
that's not me. I don't have a problem with pride. You know, I'm so glad that my spouse is here right now, but, but I don't need to hear about pride. It's hard to preach about because the very people that need to hear it are the very people that don't think they need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? If you think that you need to hear about pride, well, you're probably further along than you think. But if you're like, oh, you know what? I don't need to hear about this. It's hard. How many of you are proud? Raise your hand. Okay, some of you. The rest of you didn't raise your hand because you're too proud to raise it, right? Like, there's no way I'm putting my hand up for that question. Come on. I mean, come on. We're all proud. We all wrestle with pride. And if you say you don't, you're lying. Sorry. Because, because that's how it is. Listen to what it says in 2 Chronicles 32, 25. It says, but Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness showed him, and he became what? Proud. He became proud. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've achieved. I tore down all the idols in the land. I put God first. I did things God's way. And I am blessed because of it. And it sounds good. But we forgot. There's a back door. And that's pride is sneaking in like, yeah, yeah, you are good. Why don't you go show them your jewels? Why don't you go show them your gold? Why don't you go show them your storehouses? Go and, go and show them these things. It says he didn't respond appropriately to the kindness showed him, and he became proud. So the Lord's anger came against him, and not only him, against Judah and all of Jerusalem. The Lord's anger came against him. See, Hezekiah, write this down, Hezekiah lost God's favor due to pride. Pride. Pride led him astray. It, 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 it turned his heart from God to goods. It turned his heart from impressing God to impressing people and impressing his enemies at that. And what he didn't realize at the moment was Isaiah was going to come back and say, hey, so what did you do here? What did you show him? Oh, I showed him every. Oh, you did, did you? You showed him everything. Yeah, everything. He says, those very people, those very Babylonians are going to come in and carry all that stuff out of here. They're going to come in here, and they're going to destroy this place, and they're going to take all of those things away with them. Listen to what Scripture says in Proverbs 16, verse 5. It says, the Lord, what? Detests the proud. He detests the proud. It says, they will surely be punished. The Lord detests the proud. So I looked that word up. I'm like, what's, what's that word? The, the word, it's a, in the Hebrew, it's there in your notes. Toeva. Toeva, it means a disgusting thing. An abomination. Hear, hear what he's saying there. Pride is a disgusting thing. It's an abomination. He detests it. It's repulsive to him, but it doesn't seem like a big deal. You know, I myself, I, I, I struggle with pride sometimes. You know, I, I struggle with this, you know, uh, of, of 
of trying to, to, to show off or trying to talk about myself or trying to do these things. And, and I can say that here. And everybody's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no big deal here. But if I came out and I said, you know, I just struggle with stealing, you know. <laughs> Last night it was a convenience store, you know. The week before that, it, it, it was a grocery store. I, I, I'm planning to, to rob a bank this week. Anybody with me? Okay, you know, got some, oh, I got a volunteer. Okay, great. We are all set. Thanks, man. We'll talk after. Um, you'd probably be like, that guy's nuts. I'm never going back there again. This guy's a thief. I'm like, oh, no, it's okay, you know. When you guys give to, to thrive, well, I just kind of help myself to that, too. You're like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. That's not acceptable. Well, why is that not acceptable? But if I say, oh, I struggle with pride, we're like, oh, oh okay, that's cool. Something that absolutely disgusts God. Something that, that he can't stand because we don't think of it. As, an, as that bad of a sin. We don't think of it as being very bad. It's like if we have a spotlight, you know. See, see, what God wants us to do is to shine this spotlight on him and, and to use this spotlight to shine it on other people. But what do we do with the light? We want to shine it on ourselves. I just want to go around shining it on me. Shining it on me. I'm number one. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Everything I did, I accomplished myself. All these grades I got, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just smart. I'm just brilliant. Where do you think you got that smart and that brilliant? Yeah, I mean, maybe you had to work hard, but, but God is involved with it far more than you think and far more than you realize. And we want to take this spotlight and we just want to go around shining it on ourselves, shining it on ourselves and thinking that everything's okay. What are we shining it on? Look at me, look at me, look, look at what I've done. I just want to show off. I want to impress you. And we don't realize that pride is the most dangerous sin that there is. Write that down. It's the most dangerous sin that there is. In fact, Scripture tells us that we have an enemy, the devil. And, and, and the devil, many people don't realize this, that he started out as, as one of God's main angels, and God cast him out of heaven, Scripture tells us. Why did he cast him out of heaven? Because of pride. Because of pride. And man, you know, we might not be tempted to go out and steal. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time and you're not tempted to, to, to lust or commit adultery. Maybe you're not tempted with some of these other things, but, God, but, 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 but the, the, the devil will tempt you with pride. With pride. Oh, you did a good job with that. Oh, you, you are awesome. You're great. You know, you're, you're, so, you're so attractive. You're so, you're so amazing. You're so much better than, than everybody else. It's like the salesman that supposedly made all these record sales by going door to door, and he would say, you know, let me show you something that several of your neighbors said that you couldn't afford. <laughs> it's like, oh, Yeah. You, they, don't, they didn't think I could afford this? Oh, well, I'll have to show them, right? You know? We're, we're getting things in order to impress other people. Now, so you don't mistake what I'm saying, I'm not just talking about somebody with a big ego. You're like, well, I don't have a big ego. See, sometimes pride comes out in a different way. 
It's not somebody that thinks that they're better than everybody. Maybe it's somebody that actually acts like they're not even as good as anybody. And that's still pride. You can still be pride. Look at me. Look at how pitiful I am. Look at all the troubles I'm having. Look at all the struggles. Come help me. Counsel me. Be with me. Come. I just need so much help. I'm just so miserable. Why? Why is that pride? Because I'm taking the spotlight, and where am I pointing it at? Pointing it at me. 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 It's all about me. It's all about me. Come and help me. Me, me, me. Oh, I, I'm just, I'm just so ugly. Oh, I'm just so miserable. I'm just, I just don't have, you know, enough. Now, I'm not saying that we can't admit our struggles and our weaknesses, but oftentimes those things are fueled by pride. Look at how messed up I am. See what pride is. Write this down. Pride is anything that draws attention to me. Am I drawing attention to me? Look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't look at God. Don't look at anybody else. Oh, you think you got problems? Wait till you hear my problems. You ever met somebody like that before? Maybe you, I, I see it all the time, you know? It's like, oh, I got problems. Let me tell you about problems, you know? Oh, you think your life is rough? Let me tell you. don't know rough. It's like, ooh, pardon me. Wow. <laughs> you are far superior in the ways of problems, than I am. See, the humble person obeys God's word. And see, this is where it gets a little, a little touchy. The humble person obeys God's word, but the prideful person says, I don't know if that part applies to me. So let me add some things to it. Let me take some things away from it. I don't know if that really applies to me. I don't like what it says there, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it a little bit. I don't like what Jesus said about, about lust. So I'm just going to, I don't really think that that applies to me. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I, I don't think that, that what the Bible says about sex outside of marriage, I don't think that, that that really applies to me. God didn't understand my situation when he wrote that. So I think it's okay if I have sex outside of marriage. I, 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 I don't think that God minds if I go out and get drunk from time to time. When he says that he doesn't like drunkenness, I don't think that really applied to my situation because I'm in control of it, not like other people who aren't in control of it. So I think it's okay. It doesn't apply to me. Lying, oh, well, it's just a little white lie. What I did was just a little white lie, and so that's okay. It's okay if I lie. I mean, man, I, I could look at these things too, and I'm like, I don't really agree. Agree with that. I mean, gluttony. Gluttony in the Bible says don't be a glutton. And I'm like, really? I'm like, like, I don't know. I don't think that that's that big of a deal. But God says, no, no, that is a big deal. Whenever we're doing anything with excess, whenever we're putting something else before God, that's a problem. So well, I don't really think it applies to me. Pride. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm not proud. I'm just, I'm just I'm just happy about the things that I've done in my life, you know? We try to come up with, with little, little excuses. Well, I'm just, I'm not really proud, you know? I'm, I'm humble. I'm the most humble person I know. You know, you should come and talk to me about how to be as humble as I am. You know, I've, I've heard people say stuff to me like that, like, man, I've just got this humility thing down. I'm like, really? Well, you should go write a book about it now, shouldn't you? Just so good at that humility stuff. It must not mean that. He must not be talking about me. 
When we change it, that's arrogance, isn't it? You know, oftentimes, the only thing that the only times that we look at the Bible and we say, "Oh, that doesn't mean what it says," is when it's something that we don't agree with. When it's something that that actually impacts our own life. I, I wonder if you've ever obeyed God regarding something that you've disagreed with God's word about. I don't. I don't expect you to agree with it all. I don't even agree with everything. I'm like, man, I don't know about that. Man, that seems a little strict. But yet, I'm going to choose to obey it anyhow. Because I believe that what he said is, is what's best for us. It's like when you're kids, right? And you're going to take a trip somewhere. They're like, shotgun, you know? What does that mean? It's like, I want the best seat in the car outside of the driver. Nobody out there goes and says, I want the, the middle back row between everybody else so I can be squished in there, you know? That's where I, that's my seat. Get out of there, you know? That's mine. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Pride goes before, everybody says, oh, pride goes before a fall. Well, it says pride goes before destruction. And that's what happened in Hezekiah's life. He became proud, and God says, that's it. We're taking all this stuff out. You know, I was blessing you, blessing you, blessing you, but I'm now removing my blessing from you because of this pride. See, Hezekiah, he sought God with his problems. He went in, he destroyed idols, but then he turned around and fell to pride. The very same thing that faces us each and every day. Pride is the first thing that's going to come up and pat you on the back for a job well done. But why doesn't pride feel sinful? You know, I mean, if I went out there and I beat somebody up or I killed somebody, I would feel pretty bad about that, right? I mean, most of us would feel pretty bad about that. If you wouldn't, then then there's a problem. So why, though, when I'm proud, it doesn't doesn't bother me the same? See, this is why it's, it's so dangerous. See, because to acknowledge that our pride is sin, it requires an act of humility, It requires the actual opposite thing. In order for us to admit that pride is sin, we have to be humble to even do that. And that's a very hard thing to do. Listen to what the first part of Obadiah 1.3 says. It says, the pride of your heart has what? Has deceived you. The pride of your heart has deceived you. Don't let pride deceive you. Don't let pride, arrogance deceive you. It's dangerous because it'll destroy you and it'll rob God's blessings from your life. Why is it so so dangerous? Because you can't see pride. Why is pride so dangerous? Because pride can hide. It can hide amongst all kinds of good things. It can hide up here. I'm like, wow, yeah. You really, you really preached about pride today, man. You did a great job today. Yeah, that was great. And it's like, there it is. Like, man, it's sneaky. It's sneaky. It'll sneak in there and wiggle its way in. It says the pride is detestable to God. In fact, there's a scripture that says God doesn't even like a proud look. He's like, don't even look at me. With that proud look. Don't even look at me. In the New Testament, he says that God resists the proud, 
but he gives grace to the humble. If pride is something that you've been struggling with, and I'm guessing that it is, then we need to repent. We need to turn from that. If you don't think that this is about you, well, it is. It is about you. It's about the pride that tries to, to wiggle its way in. Whenever we're taking that spotlight and we're, we're shining it on me, trying to draw the attention to me, that's pride. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you. And we thank you for your goodness to us. We know that you are the great king. You are the one that blesses us more than we can ever imagine. All of our blessings come from you and you alone. And anything that we have that we think that we could earn, it's really all because of you that we even earned it to begin with. And we thank you for that. Lord, help us. Help me to walk in humility. Understanding who I am before you. Not in pride. Let us be like Hezekiah, willing to tear down the idols and the strongholds in our life. Let us be like Hezekiah, taking our problems and bringing them to you. Let us be like Hezekiah, turning our backs on our difficulties and putting our face to you. But let us not follow his example in pride. And showing off and thinking that we're better somehow than anyone else. just want to take a moment here and for those of you that maybe realize that that pride is something that maybe has been hiding in your attitudes and in your actions I want you to take a moment and say to God I'm sorry for that I'm sorry for shining that light on me For those of you that have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it's, it's the best decision that you could ever make. And it takes an act of humility to say, you know what, I can't do this on my own, but I need to put someone first in my life. Scripture says that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you will be saved. And I would encourage you to to take that step. He, not, he doesn't promise an easy path and an easy journey. Sometimes it'll be hard, but he says that he'll go through it with you. And if that's where you are, I just want you to, to make that statement to God now. I believe that you are my Lord. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for each person that's here. Help us to defeat the pride. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.